The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details. To carry my beloved was weighed down, my arms around his neck, my fingers laced crown. I was a heavy heart to carry, my feet dragged across the ground, and he took me to the river where he slowly let me drown. My love has concrete feet, my love's an iron ball wrapped around your ankles. I'm so And good afternoon. You're listening to Farfano on Fresh FM. I hope everyone is doing well. We have a very special interview 
today with Ra Edmonds of Nayland College and Alice Simpson of Nelson College for Girls. We will be talking about Nayland Pride leadership with Ra, and then with both of them, we'll be moving on to gender identity. Ra, how are you? Kia ora, I'm doing good. And uh, Alice, yourself? I'm fine. Excellent. So, first of all, Ra, you are going to be one of the Nayland, co- uh, the Nayland Pride leaders for 2022, correct? Yep, I am. And you're excited? Very much so. I can't wait to just live up to the expectations of um, our previous Pride leaders who made a really good group that I enjoyed throughout my school career. Mm. And previous listeners may remember we interviewed one of those Pride leaders, Basil Guerrero, in our second ever show. So, right, when you first came to Nayland Pride, what was your experience or your outlook or uh, perspective as well? Um, I found it really enjoyable because it was, well, I was invited by some of my friends who were at the time, I didn't actually know were queer before going to Nayland, but we all went and we had a really good time and met a whole bunch of other queer students at Nayland that I never would have met outside of, because um, they were at other, at other year levels, so I never would have met them and become friends with them outside of Nayland Pride. And it's really awesome to have that support group of um, queers younger and older than you at Nayland College just to really well, make it feel like a really welcoming environment and settle you into the school, especially in Year 9. So it was a very good kind of network, a little environment where you could all be yourselves and that just gave it a whole other supporter feel. Yeah, exactly. There's always the jokes and stuff that Nayland is the gay college and but it really... But outside of Nayland Pride, there's still some limitations that you have to go through. The people who knew you prior to going to Nayland or people who refuse to learn about your new identities. But at Nayland Pride, it's all, everyone's really quick to accept and quick to learn. And if there are mistakes, then there's always people willing to explain. And it's just a really lovely thing for um, young LGBTQ students to have coming into Nayland, as, especially if they went to an uh, intermediate school that wasn't particularly accepting. Hmm. That does sound great. And it is very important to have that uh, that kind of environment where people are constantly feeling supported by their peers and uh, in an almost familial type of way, you know, all bonding together. Yeah, it was very much a found family, um, more, more so among your year group, but there was an opening up to... Um, elder students that was really helpful and always since the older students had a little bit more experience with their identities there were um, always a lot of help for people who needed to grow and figure out their identities they could talk to people who had experienced the same things hmm. so aside from the general environment which was very welcoming and supportive you also had these people who could sort of act as mentors for people who were just coming to terms with their identity or figuring things out so that was really good yeah, it was wonderful. And it's a lot more personal than getting this information from the internet or just from um, other sources. You could actually have people who experienced and would know what it meant to be queer, what it meant to be queer at Nayland, and what it meant to be um, coming to terms with your identity during your college years. Hmm. Well, thank you very much for that introduction, Ra. We are going to take a short break, listen to some music, and then we'll be back with you shortly. So... Kaki Tefano, and see you soon.
It's not the waking, it's the rising It is the grounding of a foot uncompromising It's not for going of the light It's not the opening of eyes It's not the waking, it's the rising It's not the shade we should be casting It's the light and it's the obstacle that casts it It's the heat that drives the light It's the fire it ignites It's not the waking, it's the rising It's not the song, it is the singing
Kia ora and good afternoon Fano. welcome back to Fafano on Fresh FM. We're here with Ra Edmonds who will be leading the Nayland Pride Group for 2022. Ra, what are your plans for the coming year? Yeah, so we have big shoes to fill from other Pride groups considering what they managed to do, like getting murals done around the school, casual dress days, whole school bake sales, but we're planning on doing things um, that really bring together the queer community and uh, around in Nayland and hopefully around Nelson. So we are hoping to get together at some point with pride groups of other schools, with Q youth, with um, uh, queer alumni of Nayland, and hopefully getting a bit more of a connection to our community outside of the school with um, other queer people that we can form great relationships with. Hmm. So what will you do after you've uh, come together and built all these inter-school queer relationships? Well, it depends if we can always hope that we'll get together to really make some decent change in, uh, in schools. Uh, Nayland's managed a lot, especially with um, well, name-changing and um, gender-neutral bathrooms, pronoun usage around the school. But if we can make this make Nayland an even more a welcoming environment, that'll be something that we'd love to have the help from other high groups around Nelson with. And also um, if we can spread our influence at Nayland to other schools and hopefully make things a little more prideful around Nelson. So bringing general awareness to the wider community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of our previous pride groups they did, we haven't, A lot of previous Pride groups have done quite important things, but they've always been pretty localised beyond um, beyond murals around the school, etc. So we'd like to be able to work with other groups to spread our influence to the communities um, and hopefully make some decent change around Nelson, make everything. Hmm. Very good. And that's a very positive action, bringing... Uh, bringing queerness to the forefront of the community because there's still a lot of people who just don't really connect with it as much. So if it's coming from students, you can appeal to a much wider young generation and that in turn can shape the future. So what you're doing is very important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, always Pride Group has been kind of contained to, uh, to Nayland and even then to certain friend groups. So we really think it's really important to spread our influence a little bit further and make um both make the whole school aware that well we're here we're queer get used to it but also um hopefully see if we can work more on the uh queer and straight alliance part of um of Nayland pride that well you may remember that um a while ago couple, three years ago, uh, Nayland Pride was called NAX, Nayland's Alliance of Queers and Straights. And that has now been changed to Nayland Pride. But we'd still like to focus on the alliance part, making it not just um, a social group and a force for change for queer people, but also a way that we can help straight people and straight allies to become more involved with queer issues around the school. Mm. And it's very important. And you've definitely got your work cut out for you. So... Best of luck, my friend. Best of luck. I will be there to help you the whole way. So just going back from uh, bringing things to the wider community and back to the more localised, what are some things that you think are really important for uh, newcomers to the group? Because I know joining any kind of group is um, like an intimidating prospect, but especially if it's something that many people are very... um, unsure or uncomfortable with when it comes to other people so how do you think you're going to try and welcome people more and make sure they know that this is a safe place for them well we're thinking um first we start off with the social group part of nail and pride you know bringing people in letting them know that this is a safe space this is somewhere you can be yourself and be open to change and then we have the second part of nail and pride second part on our agenda, um, where we work towards more towards change. And we can't be as powerful a force until everyone's 
comfortable with each other, comfortable with speaking their mind and comfortable with being open about issues. So we'd very much um, invite any year nines and new students to the school to come along and see Nam and Pride um, just because it's really, it's a welcoming place, even if you're not sure about your identity, even if you're not queer at all. It's just somewhere that you can be really welcomed, be informed and be, well, a part of a force for change. Hmm. Well, it's definitely a very admirable line of work, uh, especially in the school, and all the best Cheers. in your exploits. So we are now going to move on to a little bit of music before we talk again to Ra and Alice from Nelson College for Girls about gender identity and its larger role in society. Irirangi o te tau ihu o te waka a Maui. Fresh FM.
and welcome back everyone to Farfano on Fresh FM. We are here with Alice Simpson of Nelson College for Girls and Ra Edmonds of Nayland College. Uh, Alice, you were, well how about you tell us about yourself to begin with? Sure, um, I'm Alice Simpson, I use she her pronouns. I'm in year 13 this year at Nelson College for Girls. Um, I'm the first trans feminine student of my school. So Quite an accomplishment. Yeah, um, so that, that for, for, the, for the cishet audience that is the first trans woman um, to attend Nelson College for Girls. Um, obviously, we've got a lot of trans men at our school. Um, those they were assigned female at birth, um, uh, but I am the first assigned male at birth trans feminine person to attend my school. Very interesting. And Ra, kia ora. I'm Ra Edmonds. My pronouns are they them, and I am non-binary. I go to Nayland College. Hmm. Very good. So, what we're going to be talking about is just some of the general things that have to do with gender identity and its wider role in society. So I guess my first question is, what's it like being a gender diverse student at these schools? Um, well, at Nayland College, it's not precisely a new thing. You'll always find people who uh, are just like you around the school. Um, but there's always the fact that it's pretty contained. So it's not exactly school widely accepted. There's still some students, some teachers, some parents who will not um well, who will not recognize you as the as the gender you are and who will not learn about it. But honestly, there are there's just a lot of people who are really accepting at Nayland and that's where you find your friend group, where you find people who you can be yourself around and it makes it really nice to be genderqueer at Nayland. Mm. So a welcoming environment is very important when it comes to overcoming all the stigma you would say. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the fact that if you have people behind you, there's, it's a lot easier to ignore um, the transphobia that comes from some parts of the school. But as always, it's not never a perfect experience, but it's you find people who are like you and you find a lot of fun, a lot of humour, a lot of joy and being yourself with them and them being themselves with you that makes it a really nice experience um yeah so being being out as trans in a school environment has its positives and negatives um and i've experienced obviously a lot of both um before i was at ncg i was at nelson college um which is an all boys school and um i found that place to be very hostile um as a trans feminine person i was out then um, I also have autism, so that's another point that I was bullied on. Um, so uh, it, it, it is—you you make yourself a target to the, the those that are looking for a target, and that's an unfortunate truth of being trans and being part of the minority group. Um, but I found NCG to be a lot better, um, both for myself. I mean, going to a school that matches my gender identity is incredibly affirming. Um, I find myself to be a lot more comfortable existing and learning in that environment. Um, but it's also just a better environment. I've found that um, my peers are a lot more accepting there um, and teaching staff as well. Um, there's There's been some obstacles. Um, being the first uh, trans feminine student, uh, I have found myself at times um, being treated as somewhat of a um, having to having to educate people um, and and having the burden of education placed on me. 
um, which is fine. I, I'm, I'm one of the people who don't mind doing that, but uh, for a lot of people and a lot of trans people, that can get quite tiring, um, constantly having to explain your identity and answer people's questions um, when the information is out there um, and you haven't, and you haven't uh, intentionally made yourself an educator. Um, but no, I think being out as trans, I, I definitely don't regret coming out. Um, I think that is, that is one of the best decisions I ever made um, because it's allowed me to live my life so much more truthfully. Um, it's a lot more happily. Um, and, and also as, as a year 13 um, trans student and year 12 last year, being a senior, um, a lot of the younger queer people look up to you um, almost as a sort of parental figure. Um, I've got a lot of juniors at NCG who call me mother gay. Um, uh, uh, they, as I'm walking through the corridors, they, you know, there's always a little smiling queer face looking back at me, um, which I found really great. You know, my maternal instinct kicks in a little bit, um, but no, it's really good. Mm. That does sound like it's very good that you find yourself in this position where you're not only welcomed, but you are welcoming for others. Yeah. 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 So people basically like see you, especially new people who are, um, you know, not entirely sure about coming out to others themselves, or perhaps they're just not quite the same level as out that you may be. And then they see you and they think, oh, look, it's, it's Mother Kay. <laughs> yeah. And that just kind of, they see you as a very friendly face and that makes them feel safe. And that makes you feel uh, somewhat more accepted. Yeah, I always try and wear, um, I've got pride flag pins on my blazer. Um, I'm always very open with my identity because I want to, I want to show others that it's okay to be who you are and be out and proud. Um, uh, NCG and Nelson College don't have quite the same reputation as Nayland does. We've definitely got a lot of queer students, but we're not, um, it's definitely not as widely accepted. And I have encountered some difficulty, but um, the vast majority has been very positive. Um, yeah. Very good. Bringing up what Alice said before, um, it is very much a difference between having a co-ed and a single-sex school because at Nayland, it's a lot easier if you are around people that don't accept you. If you're in a friend group that don't accept you, it's a lot easier to hide it. You can be, you can dress um, masculine-esque, feminine-esque, and be able to fly under the radar at Nayland because there are both sexes and there are a lot of things that people encounter and look past. But also, if you are um, trans-feminine or trans-masculine, it's a lot easier to find people who are like you or like you on the other side of the spectrum that you'll be able to talk to outside of your friend group. And there's a lot harder at a single-sex school to be able to do that because you can't unless you move there's no mm. access to the other sex so it's a lot i was very lucky getting to go to nayland and getting to explore my gender identity mm. and it's been a wonderful experience but also being able to hide on just under just the guise of a tomboy at nayland was what I had to do a little bit in year nine around some people that I knew from primary school. And I'm very glad I didn't have to do that throughout my school career. So pull one out for the, um, for the trans students at single six schools. Yeah. Um, it's ironic, actually. When I was at Nelson College, there were actually three trans women there. Um, and we all, we don't really talk much anymore. But while we were there, we were all very much in contact and, and it was a very close-knit group. Um, and then moving to NCG, of course, I became the first and only um, trans, trans woman. So I, I actually went away from my people uh, in moving to a, a validating school, um, which I think is somewhat ironic. But, you know, um, there is there is the difficulty um, in specifically being a trans trans feminine person um, in that, say, um, another student at NCG is questioning their identity. There are a lot of trans masculine students for them to look up to. Um, but for me... I'm the only trans feminine student, so there is no one else like me. Um, I, I empathize and I relate a lot to the other trans students, but obviously, you know, we're transitioning in opposite directions. We have very different experiences and very different lives. Um, so yeah, single sex school, especially in, in, in the specific phase where they've just got their first 
you know, trans feminine student and hopefully there'll be others. Um, there haven't been while I've been there and since I'm graduating at the end of this year, there probably won't be, but I, I sincerely do hope that I won't be the last as well as the first. Um, you know, just someone someone to look up to. Um, for and, and, you know, I like to think that I'm acting as that, you know. I, I like to think that there's a little trans girl going through primary right now, whether she's out or not, who will look to me and go, oh, if Alice can do it, maybe I can, you know. You know, I've, I've broken the ice figuratively um, and, and I hope I've made it a lot easier for the next person to, to end up to, to be able to go to a school that matches their gender identity. Yeah. yeah. Aside from, like, it being a very impressive accomplishment in itself, you've also sort of unw- um, unwittingly stepped into this role where you're leading by an example, almost. You're, like, paving the way and everyone... Uh, like all the teachers, staff, everyone in authoritative positions is looking to you as well as these um, students that you want to help and thinking, okay, this is uh, this is what we're working with. Almost. Yes. I, I've had a lot of pressure to set a good example. Um, mm-hmm. I've had to put some of my more mischievous ways to the side um, so that I don't set a bad reputation for transmen uh, coming to the school. But um, yeah, no, I, I definitely I definitely have a role to fill. Um, and I'm a figurehead of change. And I sort of accepted that when I put in my application for enrollment, you know, um, being the first is something that I'm always going to be, you know, um, I'm always going to be the first trans girl to have ever attended Nelson College for Girls. Um, and that means that my name now has that connotation and that attachment. Um, you know, I have a legacy to uphold almost because um, I'm, 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 a, I'm a point in history, you know, so I have to make sure that I'm, I'm, representing myself and trans women in general to the best I can. Hmm. Yeah. Well, good luck. It's definitely a very weighty position and uh, I will be here to help you because I know that you have got, certainly got your work cut out for you there. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm, yeah, always in support and good luck. Was there anything you wanted to say? Yeah, just one thing to add. Alice has done something absolutely incredible because I had the support and the role models to look up to at Nayland College because they moved from single-sex schools to a co-ed school. And while that's absolutely wonderful, I can't help but think, imagine the positive change that that could have been achieved if they hadn't, if they had moved to the opposite single-sex school. And if that would have been any better than moving to a co-ed school and who they would have inspired. And that's what Alice is doing right now. Yeah, a lot of a lot of trans people in the region and even a lot of queer people, not necessarily trans, um, gay, bisexual people, um, when they realise their identities and when they come out, uh, especially at Nelson College, um, but also Nelson College for Girls as well to a lesser extent, um, they'll move to Nayland College, which is how Nayland College has got its reputation as the, you know, the, the I'm, I'm doing air quotes, the, the gay school. Um, <laughs> so, so it took a lot of... Um, a lot of reckoning with myself to convince myself that actually I, because I did initially consider Nayland actually, um, I was going to move to Nayland uh, and then I told myself, you know, I want to be a little bit selfish. I want to put my name in the history books. So I, I just decided to go to NCG. Um, it did take them a while to accept my application. One of the, the lesser known things about um, being a trans student at a single sex school is um, to enroll, you need special written permission from the Minister for Education. Um, so there was a lengthy process there getting that, um, but I got it, I got in, um, everything's been seamless so far. Um, yeah, it, 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 there are a lot of, um, obstacles to being a trans person in society that aren't really well known to everyone else. And, you know, there are medical, um, things with the wait times for surgeries and hormones and, um, therapy. There are, um, societal problems with employment, um, and, and, and the problems that come with being a minority in society. And then there's educational problems and the extra difficulties we face there. But I've done my best to overcome them and I've done my best to to make a mark and and, and change society for the better. Woo! <laughs> Very good. Well, we're going to take a break for now, cut to some music, and then we'll be back to you talking about some of the wider issues that queer identities face uh, in society. So thank you all, Fano, and stay tuned.
Kia ora everyone, you're listening to Fafano on Fresh FM. I am your host, Tiaki Sharp, and we are here with Alice Simpson of Nelson College for Girls and Ra Edmonds of Nayland College. Woo! Previously, we've been talking about uh, Ra's leadership of the Nayland Pride Group and also queer identities, and specifically with gender, uh, in high school. So now we're going to move on to something uh, a bit weightier, and that's with larger society. Politics at the moment is fairly intertwined with um, queer identity. Last year, they placed a ban on conversion therapy, which was a, well, most... A stepping stone for a ban. A stepping stone for a ban. So there's obviously a lot more work to do. And what do you both think would be priorities for us all? Yeah, so on the on the on the point of that um, conversion therapy bill that, that uh, went 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 through the rounds on the news last year, late last year, um, the, the the final bill that the government has drafted actually doesn't quite meet the requirements that a lot of queer people are looking for. Um, it basically still allows the practice to happen, just with a bit more worming around the rules. Um, yeah, so there's there's some complaints that have been that have been put forward, and there's some petitions being started to amend that bill before it gets passed to actually accurately represent the needs of the queer community in Aotearoa. Um, but uh, in in terms of general society, you know, um, New Zealand's a, a pretty accepting place in, in general. You know, um, there are definitely worse places to be as a, as an out trans person, but um, we still have our obstacles. Um, a lot of the societal ones still exist. The obvious ones like transphobia. I mentioned briefly before um, there are some employment um, obstacles. I've definitely been um, declined from a few jobs, which I obviously can't say the exact reason, um, but I suspect based on the qualifications that that was because I was a trans person um, uh, or, or an autistic person. There could be a, an element of ableism in there as well. But, um, but the, probably the biggest obstacle that I personally have faced um, is the medical system, the wait times for hormones uh, and surgeries especially. Um, so uh, this doesn't represent everyone's experiences, but it, it's pretty it's pretty um, across the board. I personally waited two and a half years from when I was referred to when I got my first dose of my hormones, um, which is just an insane amount of time. You know, no, you that can, is insane. If yeah. you consider all of the, the changes that were happening to my body in ways that I didn't want to happen in that time while I was waiting for that process mm. to be completed. Um, and... Uh, for surgery, it's even worse. I personally haven't undergone that yet, but there is only one surgeon in the country capable of performing or qualified to perform gender reassignment surgery for trans women. Um, so it, it is, um, you know, it's a it's a really long wait list for her, and and um, I think it's like upwards of four or five years at this point. Um, those wait times, and so it's it's really. Um, unfortunate how long it takes and there's also obstacles generally in the medical system um i had recently quite a big ordeal with trying to change my name on my national health index um my name isn't legally changed yet uh and so there's there's some obstacles there um and so i went through a lot of um uh, formal emails with the ministry for health and with my gp and with the local hospital um trying to get those changes put through so that i'm referred to accurately when I go to medical checkups, of which you have to do quite often as a trans person on hormones. Hmm. But that is pretty shocking yeah. when it comes to the medical system. Yikes. Yeah, and it's especially shocking when you consider that um, Aotearoa generally is sort of internationally lauded as a, a country that's very um, queer-friendly to have such a, a appalling um, health system for trans people. Um, hmm. And actually, um, this... Uh, this 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 is um even even once you're on the hormones there are some problems. Uh, I have close friends who are also trans women who have been prescribed the wrong dosages and the wrong kinds of medication by um, doctors who don't properly really understand the the medicines that they're prescribing, um, which has had some quite serious effects on their mental and physical health. Um, and also obviously the um, for me personally one of the biggest obstacles I faced was um, there's a big emphasis with doctors who all of the doctors I've interacted with are cis and so none of them have experienced being trans and what it's like there's a big emphasis from them on um, fertility so uh, this is not the, the experience of everyone but um, a lot of trans women are um, not I wouldn't say forced but highly um, highly pressured into doing a sperm bank before they're allowed to start um, feminizing hormones or testosterone blockers because of the effects that those can have on fertility, regardless of whether they want children or not, um, which is obviously quite a traumatic experience for anyone, especially those who experience gender dysphoria. 
um, around the, the sexual organs and that sort of thing in that process. So um, that that is definitely something that needs to change and it needs to be up to the patient whether that, you know, that is something that you're going to undergo because it's a very traumatic process for those of us who don't want to undergo it. Mm. Most definitely. So it's not just about accepting things and saying, yeah, we accept you all as people. You really have to put the work in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it goes beyond just names and pronouns definitely because there is a multitude of absolute um well there's no dodging around it discrimination in the medical sector that is definitely responsible for some of the really low um life expectancies for trans people even in queer friendly new zealand because if 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 it's so hard to go through these processes um then how many people are we leaving out in the rain to suffer and then eventually never get what they want because of the discrimination in the, in the health sector? It's just absolutely terrible. Yeah, and, and on the point of that discrimination, um, I'm, I'm speaking from my peers' experiences here because um, I'm a Pākehā trans person, but there is a really big intersection of racism and transphobia in New Zealand. Um, some close friends who are Māori trans people have experienced um, even longer wait times than I have, um, racism and discrimination from medical professionals, um, and a lot more transphobia. Um, and obviously around the world, there's a lot more pressure on um, queer people of colour, especially trans queer people of colour, to pass, um, which is not really placed the same on Pākehā and white trans people. Um, so, yeah, while while obviously... Uh, as a trans person, I've experienced transphobia in my life. I do acknowledge that uh, a lot of us have it a lot worse than I. Um, and so, you know, if you imagine with me, with my two and a half wait, two and a half year wait time, how much worse it could be for those of us who are less privileged than I am. Um, there really is change that needs to be made, and it needs to be made urgently. Hmm. Anything else to add, either of you? I suppose there's also the um, general discrimination or belief that being well trans or non-binary is a white or a western sort of identity despite the historical roots of what could be referred to as trans or non-binary people existing in indigenous cultures especially maori Mm. um the idea that in the modern society it is something brought over by european settlers or even though (laughs) it was not brought over willingly (laughs) um so it's just there's yeah exactly it's even fight like it's so much worse to be a trans person of color because it's just unfathomable how much hostility you get on every side of the equation from friends from whanau from people you don't even know and it's just Mm. absolutely disgusting and something that needs to be tackled yeah Mm. so the work needs to be done we need to really look at ourselves and think, are we going to be supportive or are we going to be supportive yeah. of, like, our fun? Yeah, there's talking the talk and there's walking the walk and we've got mm. to push to the latter. New Zealand is making strides, obviously. Um, we have the first trans feminine Olympian, Laurel Hubbard, in the weightlifting. Yeah, um, Laurel! At, at, at the Tokyo Olympics. But um, obviously even she faced a lot of backlash, both internationally mm. and nationally, from um, our very own countrymen. So yeah. uh, there are there are changes that need to be made, but they're being made slowly. The only difference is we need to make them a little bit faster. Yeah, please. Exactly. <laughs> just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. bit. Yeah. Just a little bit, yeah. They had us in year nine, what was it, debating her right to compete in social studies. And mm. it's honestly rather rather despicable that it's just viewing her entire identity and her struggle to be in the Olympics is something it, to be argued about yeah, in social studies as a debate um, rather than just a general something that she should have the right to do she qualifies mm. she's she's she didn't even like these all the complaints about how, didn't even middle, yeah. how she dominate the sport how she take away from i don't know real women in serious yeah. massive bold air quotes yeah. and then in the end no disrespect to laura hubbard but it didn't even happen and mm. honestly it's just proving that all these transphobes are just mm. talking the most absolute bullcrap about yeah. um about about what trans people are going to do when they get into sports yeah. it's like it's not that they're 
people that want to compete like everyone else. It's that they're there to dominate. They're there to take away from other people. It's terrible. Yeah. You, you, you mentioned the, the, the debate in social studies. I had a similar experience. We, de- we debated the, um, the legalization of gay marriage, in <laughs> um, which is even worse because that's a, if you think trans people is a controversial topic, wait till you hear about homosexuals, you know? <laughs> so, it's a bit excessive. Uh, yeah. 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 So um, there, there are some strides that need to be made uh, in, in what is acceptable in our classrooms and what is acceptable uh, discussions about our our athletes and about yeah. our, our citizens and our people. It was honestly quite strange as a young trans person to have to sit there and listen to my classmates with what were their opinions at the time, um, say, why why should she be let into women's sports? But it's it's honestly, it's rather, it's demeaning both to Laurel Hubbard and other trans athletes, but also rather alienating to queer students and it's just this is something that shouldn't be put forward as a hypothetical thing to be debated about because it's doing real harm on the ground yeah i think if you're not a minority you've never really had the experience of witnessing your right to exist being treated as a fun debate topic yeah um that is something that i can't really put into words how it feels but i mean Rara summed up pretty well when you said it's alienating um you just feel disconnected from the human beings around you as if they're treating you as some sort of alien creature. And it's yeah. such a strange, such a strange feeling. But, you know, if I could do something to make even one person never have to feel that, one trans person never have to feel that, then I think that's worth doing. Yeah, exactly. It's rather, it's like they're treating you as something to write articles about, to write case studies about, mm. and not as just a genuine person who wants to live. Mm. It's just... Right. And that's not even the half of it. It's just... I was I was on the edge of discovering my gender identity at that point and it was terrible. Like I cannot imagine how absolutely terrible it would be to experience that as as an art trans person in that class. And I'm like I'm not queer, but I am Marty, so I do sort of understand what you guys are saying when you're looking at news websites or you're watching videos of the news and you're seeing politicians up there talking about laws and rights and stuff. And they're going on and they're coming up with all these, air quotes, informed opinions. And you're just sitting there going, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, this is, this is... What are you saying? That's your informed opinion on someone's right to live yeah. their life? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I guess I just won't vote ever. <laughs> that seems to be perfectly reasonable. Like, I know what you mean when you guys are saying it's very alienating having people just discuss your existence or your position in society when they don't know anything. Solidarity. Yeah. Yeah, we are. That brings it back to a high note. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Mm. Hand in hand together. We'll storm the beehive. (laughs) Everything. I don't know, a little bit gayer, a little bit more Māori. For legal reasons, we will not actually be storming the beehive. Please please do not sue this radio program. (laughs) No, please don't. I just got started. (laughs) You don't have a way to get across the channel. Mm. But, yeah, I understand what you guys mean. And it's it's very important that we do actually have these discussions and these connections. So I would like to thank you both so much for coming out and giving such enlightening enlightening uh, talks. Uh, thank you both coming a lot. Out or coming in today. <laughs> <laughs> both, I guess, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. Tēnā koe. And, yeah. Kia ora, siyaki. Kia ora. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. Mm. All right. Well, ka kite We will catch you all again next time. Ka kite. The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South's community access media station, with support from New Zealand On Air. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz.